You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. He ascended up on high. He let cap- led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. We're going to stop right there. We're going to deal primarily with the first three verses of this chapter, and it's about our walk. Let's walk together. Uh, And so uh, let's pray before we get into the passage. Lord, we thank you for uh, the Word of God. We thank you for the power that's in the Word of God, the power in prayer, Lord, because the power is uh, all in you, Lord. And we're so thankful for the great privilege to know you as our Savior. I am so glad that I'm not just some religious zealot, uh, Lord, tonight that's trying to keep some law. I'm glad I'm not following some religion, God, to where there's some man that can begin to take issue with the phrasing of the Lord's Prayer and just uh, change that. Uh, God, I'm glad that we are following you and your truth. And uh, God, I thank you for the, 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 the life-changing power of what it means to truly know you as our Savior and the work that you do from the inside out, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Did y'all hear about that? I read about the Pope. He, he didn't like the phrasing of lead us not into temptation. And so he said, we're going to change that. Uh, and we know that kind of stuff, but uh, that, that that happens. But I'm just like, really? You know, so this guy, I mean, are you okay with that? I just want to ask people sometimes, are you really okay with this guy just saying, you know, yep, I don't like the phrasing of the Bible. I don't like the phrasing of what Jesus said. Uh, therefore, I'm going to change it. Uh, I mean, just stop and think about that for a second. That's not all right. Uh, but uh, I digress because that's uh, way off of anything here, uh, mostly. All of the letters that are written by the Apostle Paul that God uses to write uh, through the Apostle Paul, there's a balance. And we've seen this with Romans, but there's always a balance between doctrine and duty. Doctrine and duty. You'll see it time and time again. There's a lot of this is what we believe. This is the facts of what God has done in our life or or who God is. Um, Therefore. This is how you ought to be, or this is how we ought to live. Uh, The first three chapters of Ephesians is a good example of that. We've been studying that in detail. Uh, The doctrine, our riches in Christ, our blessings of who we are in Christ. The last three chapters explain our duty and our responsibilities in Christ. And that's not a a word that we necessarily like a lot, duty or responsibility. (laughs) You put entirely too much emphasis on that one word. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, The key word in the last half of this book is walk. Uh, While the key idea in the first half of this book is wealth. So the wealth is what we focus on on the first part of the book. Our walk is going to be the, the, the emphasis of these last three chapters. Uh, in particular, verses 1 through 16, uh, there's an emphasis and an encouragement and admonishment that we walk in unity, that we walk in unity. Um, and then also, uh, verses uh, chapter 4, verses 17 through 517, speak of us walking in purity, walking in purity. And then verses uh, chapter 5, eight, verse 18 through chapter 6, verse 9, talks about harmony and then Ephesians 6, 10 through 24 talk about us walking in victory. These four walks parallel the basic doctrines that's been taught in the first three chapters. So he starts off in chapter 1 telling us that we've been called by grace and that Christ is the head and that we're his body. 
And so in chapter 4, he says, therefore, he talks about the unity of the body and how the body ought to walk uh, worthy of our calling. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, he says that we're being raised from the dead, quickened. Uh, then he talks about how we should put off our grave clothes and walk in purity. And we'll see these as we go along. Before we really get into this section in detail, there's a couple principles I want to look at. Uh, number one, pointing out a couple of words that are important. Uh, we know this, but the very second word in chapter 4 is what? Therefore. Yes, therefore. Uh, and uh, then we also, he says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you, beseech you. So therefore and beseech are two words. Therefore, of course, indicates that the basis of all that he's talking about, as I've already said, is found in the first three chapters, these exhortations. Um, the Christian life is not based on ignorance, but knowledge. The better we understand Bible doctrine, the easier it is to obey Bible duties. And so, uh, and, and isn't that an interesting thing? Because there are religions that want to keep people in the dark. Amen. There's religions Amen. that, you know, there's teachers and preachers that encourage, don't question it. Yeah. You just do it. You can't understand the way I understand. You just need to do what I said to do. Um, but, but that's not so. I mean, anything, um, man, I mean, I, I believe in learning, don't you? And by the way, that's one of the things uh, that we face even in this country is, uh, I mean, you know, isn't it amazing that there's been such an emphasis on education in our country over the last how many ever decades? And it's like, oh, man, we need more education. But it's interesting that a lot of the education that's being emphasized is not really encouraging people to ask questions and be inquisitive and really learn more. It's almost just like we want you to be educated more as in we want to tell you what we what you ought to believe uh, and they kind of put out this narrow view too oftentimes and don't allow for critical thinking and so forth but uh, the, the, the more we understand the better it is and the easier it is for us to live our Christian lives. Um, when people say, when people say don't talk to me about doctrine just let me live my Christian life. I don't want to hear about doctrine. I don't like going to that church because they talk about doctrine. Or uh, I don't want to be a part of this group. And, and if you ever get in, invited to a group and they say, yeah, you can come here because we don't talk about doctrine. Uh, there ought to be a little red flag that comes up. And sometimes it may just be people misspeaking. But uh, that's, that's uh, actually pretty foolish. And, and I should say ignorance. But, and that's what it reveals is ignorance. Uh, because the way the Holy Spirit of God works in the life of the child of God is uh, through doctrine, through teaching. And that's all doctrine is, is our teaching, what we believe. Uh, doctrine is glorious. I mean, uh, the, the grace of God is doctrine. The love of Christ is doctrine. The person of God Amen. is doctrine. That's all yes. the things that we teach. So there's another statement that could go along with that. And I've heard this said in good churches by saved people. Also, and it's just like I've heard say people say that they don't like hearing about doctrine, um, but they'll say things like this. It makes no difference what you believe just as long as you either live right or just as long as you go to church somewhere. Yeah. Now, uh, that again is a similar confession of ignorance. It makes a great deal of difference what you believe. Because what you believe determines how you behave. It determines how you live your life. 
And by the way, what you believe also determines where you spend eternity. Amen. Now, of course, a set of beliefs is not going to determine whether somebody spends eternity. Uh, but you must believe on a person, that person being the Lord Jesus Christ. You must believe in salvation by grace through faith. That's why uh, it's, it's not wise to have the attitude of, well, at least they're going to church. Because you got to stop and say, well, what kind of church is this? And I, I put quotes up there. Uh, what are they teaching about salvation? What do they teach about how to get to heaven? Uh, and, and, and that really does matter. And it matters. Uh, it matters what you believe. It matters a great deal what you believe. That's why, there's, that's why God left us this book for us to do that. That's why along uh, with the commandment of go and preach and teach and reach the world with the gospel uh, that Jesus gave, along with that, the other side of that coin is teaching them to observe all things. Well, sir, I've commanded you. And, of course, you know, that's, that's something that I... That, that I want to see even on a greater scale around here. But it's not only just people getting saved, but it's also people being discipled and growing into uh, mature soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ that can do, uh, that, that can live and access their blessings and their wealth and that can be a blessing and reach others with Christ. I mean, the goal is not only to see people saved, but it's to see that person saved, grow in God's word, be able to lead somebody else to Christ and disciple that person yeah. that's the goal for every child of God you know sometimes we get such a point on evangelism that it's just all about that how many people got saved but as well how many people got saved and how many people uh, that that are saved are are willing to be discipled and willing to learn and I'm glad that we've got people around here uh, that want to learn and uh, and by the way discipleship is not just for new converts uh, there's people that have been saved for years because there's been such a lack of discipleship. You may be saved for years and still be in need of discipleship. That's, by the way, that's a big part of what some of the groups we have around here are about. Our, our men's uh, groups, man, that, that's, that's basically, uh, there's a lot of discipleship that goes on in there as men are sharing their experiences and, 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 and so forth. The same thing with the women's group. That's what, the, that's what a lot of these ministries are about is discipleship. Um, on that level, but there's a one-on-one -on -one level. Uh, but what you believe does matter a great deal. So therefore, so he's saying, uh, therefore I'm beseeching you because of the things you've learned. And so on the basis of these things is my appeal to you. And then beseech. He's urging. It, 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 it's almost a form of begging. And it's what I feel like I do sometimes. Oftentimes when I'm preaching, I feel like I'm beseeching. I feel like I'm begging almost. I feel like I'm saying, please, lay hold of this. Please, grasp this. This is what God says for you, uh, and you need to grasp this. Um, <laughs> And so he's beseeching. Uh, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, and by the way, uh, you know, we won't say a lot about that because I, I did, we did preach into that as we closed out chapter 3. But that's such a powerful statement that Paul did not consider himself a prisoner of Rome or a prisoner of Nero. He, didn't, he, he did not consider himself a prisoner of Satan. Yeah. Satan's got me locked up, y'all. You know, Rome finally got me. They're fighting against me. And they said, no, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. Yeah, sure, Satan's fought against me. He admits that on a number of occasions. But he said, you know what? God allowed it. I'm in this place. And so where I'm at right now is the place where I'm going to serve the Lord. And, of course, we've uh, talked about that a good bit. But, it, but that's a great perspective, isn't it? I'm a prisoner of the Lord. But he says, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Is that not a forsaken thing a lot of times in the modern church? I mean, it's like... 
uh, it seems like for some reason what goes along with what's considered seeker-friendly churches, and, and there's nothing wrong with being friendly to seekers, by the way. Uh, you know, people that are seeking church or seeking God, we want to be friendly. But, but the term actually uh, means and kind of falls in line with the thing of uh, that, I'm, that, that we are going to determine um, how we preach and how, what we practice, what we believe based on people that are seeking. So if somebody seeking church and that's wanting to come to church and interested, uh, but then says, you know what, but I don't really like hearing about hell. Don't like that. You don't? You know what? There's a number of people we've heard that from. So you know what? This is going to be a hell-free zone now. And we don't like hearing preaching, you know, against adultery. And we don't like hearing, you know, a real emphasis on Jesus being the only way because we don't really want other religions to be offended by that. Okay, well, you know what? We are, we'll, we'll make sure that we kind of water that down a little bit. And we'll, we'll ease our wording up. And so uh, th that's an extreme of what a seeker-friendly church can be. Uh, but, uh, but, man, that's... That, that's not doing anybody any favors, is it? I mean, real freedom, because that's that's the sad thing, is that what a lot of these 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 um, emerging churches promise is this liberty and this freedom. But folks, what greater liberty and freedom is there than to live in the power of the Holy Spirit of God? Amen. To live not being bound down by sin. See, because unfortunately, a lot of times, the liberty that they're promising is that it doesn't matter how you live. It doesn't matter how you walk, as he's saying here. Here's God saying, therefore, because of all these blessings, because you're a success, because uh, of, of, your, of your wealth in Christ, because of all these things, walk worthy. Walk differently. You can live a different life. You don't have to be bound down to sin. You don't have to be a prisoner to sin. And, it, and it's doing such a disservice to people to say, yeah, man, Jesus did all this for you. You're a success. And you know what? It doesn't matter how you live. You can live any old way you want to because we believe in grace. No, man, people are living in bondage, and we're not helping people out when we're uh, applauding their bondage. Uh, the, 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 the people in the Corinthian church were not helping out the people that were bound in immorality by applauding their immorality I mean, can you believe that? There was a church in the New Testament that way that they would applaud and they would pat themselves on the back and say, yep, we've got old so-and-so up there teaching and preaching and everybody knows they're in adultery right now, but we're a progressive church that believes in the grace of God. And isn't this a great example of the grace of God? No, it's not. The grace of God is, man, you know what? Anybody that walks through those doors is going to be loved and accepted and appreciated. Amen? Uh, I mean, and, and, and as a person, and we love people because we know what God can do. But what we want to see, what God wants to do is save people from their sin. Amen? Amen? Not save people and leave them in their sin. Yeah. So as a result of all these great things, we can walk differently. We can walk in a, 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 in. in victory and so uh he's urging them he does not say and this is a pretty cool principle here right here get this part he does not say as he did in the old testament if you obey me i will bless you but he says this i've already blessed you now in response to my love obey me Amen. in response to my grace Live for me. Now, it's not to say that God's not going to bless you if you live for him. He's going to bless us if we give. He's going to bless us if we commit our lives to him. Don't get me wrong, but he's already blessed us. Uh, we're already blessed. All these things already happen. We already have all this wealth. Hallelujah. 
That's right. That's and he's good. just saying, hey, live this way so you can access it. Yeah. And so it's kind of different in that sense. He's given us such a marvelous calling in Christ. Now it's our responsibility uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit of God to live up to that calling. Because I want to say that right away. The emphasis on the power of the, and working of the Holy Spirit of God is always key. Because there's not one of us that have the ability and the power in and of ourselves to live for God. Amen. And I hope you figured that out by now. Some of us are still figuring that out and still getting discouraged about it. Yeah. Instead of being encouraged about it. You know what I mean? Here's what I mean by that. We get discouraged because, man, I just can't get this right. I can't do this. I can't do that. It's like, hello, it's kind of the point. Amen. You don't have to. You just have to surrender to God. You just have to trust God. I mean, you, and, and the thing is, I believe I'm preaching to a bunch of people today, at, tonight, that have seen God do these things in their life. Have you not seen God come in a place of your infirmity and strengthen your infirmity? What I mean by that is, is a weakness or some shortcoming, and you've seen God help you in that? Amen. You've seen God do, do, do a change in your character where, to where you can say, man, I didn't used to be that way. Man. You know? And yes, yeah, still, there's a long way that we have to go. But why don't we just every once in a while take a second and look back and say, well, how did I get to this point? Man. You know what it is? It's God's grace. Yeah. The way, and by the way, the things that God changed when he saved me, that was God doing that. Yeah. And we just got to look at that. We just got to say, Lord, uh, God, I've got this nagging thing to where I keep failing. I've got this sin that I keep seeming to yield to, but Lord, with your help and your grace, God, uh, I'm going to confess it right now, and I know you've told me, listen, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Do you believe that? Mm -hmm. Do you believe that you can do all things through Christ? And what that means is this. It doesn't necessarily mean, not only does it not necessarily mean, it does not mean at all that I can, uh, you know, uh, Christian uh, got the rim and said he got close to Duncan the other day. Um, I did too, but I lowered the rim to eight feet, you know. Uh, no, well, seven feet. Okay, but anyway. Um, okay, but it's not saying that, that I, through Christ, if I, man, I'm going to have enough faith, and Lord, you're going to help me, and I'm going to get out there, and I'm going to do it today. There's been times I've gone to play basketball, and I just thought, you know, this just might be the day. I just might take off. I'm delusional, by the way, and it served me very well most of my life. There's been times I've wondered, what if I just sit down at the piano and I could just start playing? But I shouldn't reveal these things about me, should I? Um, but that, it's not talking about doing those things through Christ. Uh, the look on Christian's face. But uh, the, the, the things it's talking about doing through Christ is the things that he has asked to told me to do. I can do those things. I can do those things. I can overcome you know, I can overcome the worry. I can overcome these failures. I can overcome these constant things. And my point is, is when I'm talking about walking worthy, it's not you getting it together and in your own strength. It's, 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 it's surrendering to the work of God. And so the main idea in these first 16 verses, and so this has basically been an introduction to these first 16 verses, this chapter, uh, the big, biggest part of this chapter, uh, is the unity of believers in Christ. The unity. This is simply the practical application of the doctrine that's taught in the first half of the letter. God is building a building. He's building a temple. He has reconciled Jews and Gentiles to himself in Christ. The oneness of saved people, the oneness of those that have been born again in Christ is a spiritual reality. Our responsibility is to guard, protect, and preserve that unity. 
And when I start using those words, that's something we're pretty serious about around here, aren't we? And there's some people that are so fervent about that around here, and I'm so appreciative of it, and I am too. Guarding that unity, man. Uh, guarding that, uh, th that, uh, that grace. Um, and, and if we're going to do that, we've got to understand a few things. And that's what I want to try to look at over the next few minutes with these first three verses. A few things, if we're going to be able to maintain this unity, and if we're going to walk worthy together, walk worthy uh, of the calling, the vocation, wherewith we're called. And I love that, walk worthy of the vocation. We've got a job to do. We've got a job to do. If you're saved by God's grace, you have a duty. You have a responsibility. He has showed the old man what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee? But to do justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with thy God. So uh, the grace of God. Now, unity is often misunderstood. We've talked about this before, but unity is not uniformity. Those are two different things. And this is really, really important. Unity comes from within and is a spiritual gift. It's a spiritual grace. Unity. Uniformity is the result from pressure on the outside. The sad thing is, in attempts to accomplish unity, people oftentimes begin to enforce a uniformity. You got to be this way. I mean, uh, we, you know, there, there, there's, I mean, it's like, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm glad that God, man, look in the world, look in nature. God loves diversity. God loves diversity. I mean, man, there's so many different birds and so many different flowers and so many different beautiful things that we can marvel at. There's a lot of diversity. And I'm telling you, within the church, God does not want uniformity. Amen. And it's so sad that that's so, what so many churches, and unfortunately, so many churches that are, that are, are spot on on so much of their doctrine, honestly. And really, they are spot on on their doctrine. But when it comes to the application of that doctrine and how we're going to carry out that doctrine, all of a sudden, it comes to uniformity. And they go beyond the Scripture, and they begin, they're, they're preaching unity, and they're preaching liberty, but they're trying to emphasize uniformity. It reminds me of an orchestra. I love hearing a good orchestra. Uh, I really do. Uh, but listen, an orchestra is not going and sitting and, and everybody sitting and playing the exact same instrument. Yeah. The exact same way. I mean, it's, I mean it's, it's a combination of different in instruments and it's a combination of, of a bunch of different, um, that's as far as my music knowledge goes, hey man, uh, <laughs> notes and uh, the like uh, that come together. And man, together there's diversity, but man, it comes out to a beautiful harmony as it's orchestrated uh, by someone. It's not just a bunch of, you know, it's not just a bunch of people getting together and start banging on instruments. That's not what it is. But I'm telling you, it's orchestrated. And I'm telling you, God is, a, is a, the divine orchestrator. He's a divine conductor. And he, he, he wants unity, not uniformity. A bunch of different instruments, a bunch of different tools, a bunch of different jobs that are working together for the glory of God. We have a job to do. We have a vocation. And, uh, and, and again, don't ever forget that. That's, that was one of the great emphasis of, uh, what the, was it the Sunday before last, I think, when we had the snow Sunday. Uh, but we talked a lot about that and about the battle sometimes that it can be to realize that God, that your life really does count. That at, from day to day, you have a divine calling on your life. 
as you get up and, 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 and live out your day as a retired person, as a stay-at-home mom, as a kid going to school, as a person going to a mundane uh, job that doesn't seem to be accomplishing anything for eternity, uh, whatever it is uh, your goal may be, you have a calling and you have a purpose and God is working in your life. You have a vocation. And there's a few things God tells us about this vocation in regards to the way we should carry it out. And I'll, I'll, I'll hit them uh, quickly and then uh, we'll go over what we can before we stop tonight. But if he lists them here, here's how he says. How are we going to walk with the vocation wherewith we're called? Verse 2, first of all, with all lowliness. All lowliness and meekness. These two kind of go together. There's seven of them listed. Uh, with long-suffering. Forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. Uh, so here we go. What are they? Lowliness, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing, endeavoring, keeping unity. And, uh, and we'll look at a couple more as we go through. But uh, if we're going to preserve the unity of the spirit, we must possess the necessary spiritual and graces that God would have. The first is lowliness, and again, connected with humility. It's interesting that Christian mentioned that tonight, and then that Melanie came back, and uh, I'm glad that he didn't, he didn't say that I'm so proud that I'm humble, because uh, he didn't say that. But humility is a, is a grace that when you know you have it, you've lost it, right? When you know you have it, you've lost it. Yeah. Because if you're humble, man, I'm a pretty humble guy. Right, and so, uh, but but but, it, but it's, it's a very misunderstood thing, and I'm not picking on Christian. That's in my notes right here. Amen. I mean, right. uh, uh, and, and and he's and he is a humble guy, and he's proud of it. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> he's not. Uh, I, I I really am so thankful for Christian. I really am, man. He's just got a heart for the Lord, and uh, uh, and so, but but humility and lowliness. Uh, humility is so misunderstood. There are some people that think what it means to be humble is to go around talking about how terrible they are all the time and thinking poorly of themselves. Mm -hmm. I'm humble. I'm worthless. I'm just no good. I'm lowly and I'm humble. Well, that's not humility. Uh, that's, that's, that's a gross uh, perversion and misunderstanding and misapplication of what humility is. Um, humility means putting, you know, and I talked about this Sunday, but, but humility is putting Christ first, others second, and yourself last. Amen. Yeah. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Amen. Some of us, are, some of us, we, we, we don't think we're selfish because we think so bad about us and bad about our lives and how bad things are going. And we don't realize that we're being selfish, but all we're thinking about is ourselves. Yeah. Even if we think we stink. Yeah. I know. But we're not thinking about Christ. We're not thinking about truth. We're not thinking about others. It's all about me. Oh, I'm so humble. I'm so meek. I don't ever think about, I'm just, you know, it's like, no, you dummy. I'm sorry, there I went. I've been doing good. But uh, no, it's, don't, don't, don't miss it. Um, it means just, think, it doesn't mean thinking less of yourself. It just means not thinking of yourself at all. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, in big, bold letters, somewhere in your mind, you just got to get this in your heart. It is not about you. Amen. Amen. It's not. You say, what's well, not? Anything, amen. amen. It's not about you. Yeah. It's about Christ, amen. Yeah. It's about others. It's about yourself. Finally, it is ultimately what God does in us. But I mean, it's it, it's it's. But I, I like this. So, not only is it Jesus first, other second, yourself last, 
But it also means knowing ourselves. Knowing ourselves. There's nobody in here that's perfect, even Ralph. Nobody's perfect. Uh, yeah, believe it or not, newsflash. None of us are perfect. Not a one of us. God is doing something in all of our lives. And, and, and honestly, I don't have a whole lot of time to come inventory Ron's life to see, all, see how well he's doing. Uh, because, man, I've got a lot to keep up with here, with this guy. Amen. You know, um, and so there's always something that God's doing in our life. But you know what? I just need to accept that. Can you accept that? Can you not accept? If you haven't learned to accept that you are in a fallen nature and you still have your old nature, and your old nature, like the Apostle Paul said, still wants to do wrong, and when you're still wanting to do right, it's just, you've got to learn to accept that, for goodness sakes. That's right. But then you've got to also say, you know what? But God's doing a work in my life. Amen. And I'm not there yet. But Lord, you're helping me. And you're giving me power to overcome. And, and, and the course of my life it, is predominantly going in your way. Um, but a part of humility and lowliness is knowing yourself. And then it, the second thing is accepting yourself. And then the third thing is being, being ourselves to the glory of God. Man, this is, this is a powerful, powerful principle here. And the Bible talks about it often. The Bible talks about it in 1 John. It talks about having confidence. It talks about having boldness. It talks about having boldness. And here's what boldness is. I can be bold. I can be confident in who I am. How is that possible? How is that possible, you may ask, if I am no better than you because I'm not? How's that possible if I sin and come short of the glory of God? How is that possible if I am not living up to what I want to be for God ultimately? How can I possibly be confident and bold in who I am in Christ? It's because I have an understanding through the truth of God's word that that's how every last one of us are. That's right. Not until we get to heaven are we going to be perfect. Yeah. So I say, you know what? Man, this is me. This is the imperfect me. This is the me, although, I must point out, that God's done something in my life. Amen. That, Lord, you've done some things. You've changed some things. Amen. There's a lot more that needs to be changed. Yeah. And, God, you're working that through me. Amen. Okay? And so, yeah, this is me. Am I perfect? No. Is God working in me? Yes. Amen. So this is me. And, therefore, if I can accept, if I can know myself, accept myself, and then in turn, be myself, that you, is, is that not what's missing in many people's lives as Christians? Ultimately, why can't people be themselves? Why do people got to put on? Why? Because they don't know themselves, or they do know themselves, but they have a trouble accepting what that means. But we ought to be able to say, you know what, yeah, this is it. Yeah, but... Uh, you, 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 you fell in this area in your life. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. But you know what? God's helping me with that. Amen. God's helping me with that. He, the, the, me, me and the Lord know about it. Amen. That's right. well, 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 I don't think you're right with God because of that. Well, that's fine. Pray for me. But, but, but I, I know God's working in my heart and life, and, and he's helping me, so, so I'm good. Um, so it's getting to a place in my life to where, honestly, listen, when I say other people's opinions don't matter, I mean that in the sense of other people's opinions shouldn't affect yeah. the way I feel about who I am in Christ. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean 
You know, when we say it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, there's truth to that. But at the same time, I do got to be considerate and mindful. You know, the Apostle Paul talked about, there's a balance to these things, right? The Apostle Paul talked about, you know what, I'm not going to eat meat offered to idols if it's going to offend somebody. There are certain things that I'm going to avoid doing just for the only reason is because I don't want it to offend somebody. There's a risk of that. You know what? I'm going to avoid that. So in that sense, it matters. But what I'm saying is people's opinion about me, if they say, you know what? Uh, I don't agree with A, B, and C about you. All right. God like, so, so you don't accept me? No, I don't accept you. What happens in churches? This church, don't, you go to a church, we don't accept you. Uh, you know, which isn't cool, by the way. Uh, but but it, it, it should be just like, well, you know what? That's fine. God accepts me. Yeah. Whether you accept me or not, right? Does God accept you, by the way? Yeah. Does God know you? Yeah. Hey, God knows you. God accepts you. God wants you to be who you are. That's why he saved you, because of who you are. Yeah. I mean, because he loves you, but he, he, he wants to use you for who you are. So why do I have to put on for somebody else? Why do I have to try to get somebody else's approval? That's not the way to live my life. I can't be right with God if I'm living a life like that. Who am I trying to please? Always check your motive. Do not live your life as a people pleaser. Live your life as a God pleaser and you can have boldness and confidence. Um, I'm not doing the best job in the world explaining this. Um, but what I'm trying to tell you is, man, uh, it's, it's a good place to live. It's a really good place to live when you can just be, say, you know what? This is who God wants me to be, and I can be myself. Um, you know, with all of our spots and wrinkles and, and blemishes or whatever, this is me. This is me. And that, by the way, that's how we can get help, too, right? That's, that's a part of transparency. It's a, one of the things that we really try to emphasize based on the word of God around here, is that, yeah, you know what? Here's the, here's the, here's the areas I'm weak in. Pray for me. Amen. But you know what? There's some of you that are maybe strong in those areas. Now, instead of judging me because I'm not strong in the area that you're strong in, yeah. you don't judge me about that. You accept me because guess what? There's maybe another area in my life that I am strong in that you're not strong in. Yeah. Why? Because, man, it's, God's just orchestrating it all together. Yeah. And we pray for one another. We help one another. We hold, we hold each other accountable. Yeah. We're not excusing sin. We're not excusing these things. We're just acknowledging the fact that we are sinners and that we do come short of the glory of God. And that, yeah, pray for me. This is something I struggle with. I mean, when we, you know, it, it, goes, it, go, it all goes back a little bit when we talked about, like, temperaments and stuff. We're all born the way we are we all, we're, we're all born with inherent and innate strengths and weaknesses. We all have strengths. We all have weaknesses that we are born with. We have others that, that, that are introduced into our lives and our character as we go through life. But we all have them. And so uh, we, we, we just accept that and acknowledge that. And so and th that's why there's a great power in just being able to be who we are for Christ. Amen. We don't have to put on. Uh, we don't have to act. A, and, and again, that doesn't mean that doesn't mean we revel in our sin. I, I want to be I want to emphasize this. OK. It doesn't mean that, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of a good example uh, and one's coming to mind, but I'm trying to think of one more associated with myself. I'm not getting that one, so I'm going to give this one instead, okay? 
Somebody struggles and somebody struggles with letting a word go every once in a while that they shouldn't. <clears throat> okay? Uh, that that that's something, man. I just I struggle with that. You know, somebody may say, uh, well, that accepting that does not mean that you indulge in that. It doesn't mean blankety, 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 you know, pray for me. Wait, 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 wait. No. You understand what I'm trying to say? I mean, uh, somebody says, man, I, 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 still, I still have the temptation and, and the desire, uh, you know, to, to, to sneak a drink or something. Man, you know, I hope that you don't do that. But that doesn't, you know, th this is the extreme that other people go to. Well, you know what? I'm not going to hide it. I'm going I'm to be myself. And, and man, I'm just going to bring one right in here and crack it open and, and uh, right in the middle of Bible study. And we, we just accept each other as we are. And we accept each other as our weaknesses. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about walking worthy here. Yeah. I mean, uh, you understand what I'm talking about? The, the two sides of this thing? I mean, the thing is, is we're trying to let God do this work in our life. Uh, and I'm kind of using some extremes there. But even if it's with, if, even if it's with our, our, our tempers or with our anxiety or uh, with our lack of faith when it comes to finances, uh, whatever it is, uh, accepting who you are does not mean reveling in it. It doesn't mean sloppy grace. It means there's a power. Is there not? Can you not say that there's a power in acknowledging my weakness and being myself that helps me to begin to overcome that? Amen. There really is. I want to say this about sin and about weaknesses and about these things and about strongholds in the mind and some of these deals. Uh, Richard's uh, kind of talking along these lines, and, and we talk a lot along these lines. Uh, the devil, one of the, one of the devil's <laughs> greatest weapons is secrecy. Yeah. Secrecy. When you hide things, when you hide these things, I'm telling you, man, there's power for Satan. There's power for the enemy when you hide these things. But whenever we expose it, whenever we tear down these strongholds and we bring it to light and we say, this is an issue that I've had. Yeah. This is something that I've hidden. Um, by the way, there is a such thing as discretion. Um, you know, I mean, pe people think I tell everything. I don't necessarily tell everything all the time to everybody. But I tell you, uh, and because and, and I, I don't think that would be wise, but you know what? There could be some things that maybe just one person that you can trust, one person that you can trust not to repeat things to say, I need to tell you something. And maybe this isn't for, for, for group consumption, but between me and you, I just need to get something off my chest. I need you to pray for me. I want you to hold me accountable. This is something that I've had an issue with in my life. Or this is something that I've been carrying around in me with me that I've never told anybody ever before. Yeah. Something from something from years ago that I just need to get out in the open. I just need to get off my chest. And you do that with somebody that you that you know can just, you know, it's not going to be repeated. You're not going to hear anything else about it. But there's power in that. Uh, so humility and lowliness has to do with uh, knowing yourself, accepting yourself, and being yourself for the glory of God. Uh, God does not condemn you when you accept yourself and your gifts. Uh, now, Romans 12, 3, the Bible says uh, that, we, that we ought not to think uh, more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. And I'm going to have to stop here in a second, but we, we, we ought not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think. Uh, but it says, but that indicates that we shouldn't think less highly either. We need to just think of ourselves just right. Yeah. 
Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think, but don't think less highly either. And so there's a balance there. Um, then I'm just going to give you these last ones, and we'll try to teach them, Lord willing, on uh, next week. Uh, he talks about meekness. Meekness. What do you think about when you think about meekness? Quiet. Quiet. That's, that's a good one. Uh, but meekness is not weakness. It's power under control. Meekness is basically being able to, uh, it kind of goes along with long-suffering, but um, it, it, Jesus was meek. That means that Jesus was not easily provoked. Right. You, 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 could, you could not get Jesus to fly off the handle. I paused there for a second because I was trying to pause long enough for you to think, wait a second, what about the money changers? What about the money changers? He cast out the temple. Yeah. Jesus was not freaking out. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying that like, you know, we look at that and it looks like this just, you know, freak out outburst of anger. Um, it was... I guess you could say an outburst of anger, but it wasn't like some of us. Yeah. It wasn't just this explosion of a volcano that we've caused when we lose it. Okay, so meekness doesn't lose it. Meekness may cast the money changers out of the temple. Meekness may speak boldly. Meekness may take a stand. Uh, but uh, the, the, the thing is, is meekness is under control. Meekness is with the lowly heart. Meekness is, uh, you know what? I'm not going to get drawn into this fight. Yeah. Not going to do it. Uh, I don't have to fight. I don't. It, I, see, some of us think it's manly, you know, if we, you know, we really give them what for. But if we're losing it, what's manly about not having control? Yeah. Sometimes it's more manly to say, yeah, you're an idiot. I'm not going there with you. I'm not getting in the mud with the pigs today, all right? Uh, and you don't have to say that, but you think that, you know. I'm not, I'm not getting drawn in. Uh, so <laughs> meekness, uh, long-suffering, uh, obviously and that carries out be, being long-tempered, suffering long. Uh, forbearance, uh, forbearance uh, is, goes along with uh, 1 Corinthians 13, that love, how the charity suffereth long and is kind. Forbearance. Hey, we've got to forbear one another. We've got to suffer long with each other. We've got to kind of put up with each other sometimes, don't we? I'm telling you, you've got to put up with me, but I've got to put up with you. Amen? So I don't know if it's even or not. It may not always be even. You may have to do a lot more putting up than I do sometimes, uh, and then maybe other times it's the other way, but we've got to do that. Uh, uh, we really do forbearance uh, and then endeavoring. And I tell you, I like that because, man, if we if there's ever been an endeavoring church, I feel like we've got an endeavoring church. Um, and endeavoring uh, carries the idea of being eager to maintain or to guard. Think about that. So in the context, eager to maintain or to guard the unity of the Spirit. We've got an endeavoring group around here. We've got a group of people that are endeavoring to keep this bond, this unity, amen, this amen. peace, this, this blessing that we have together. And, 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 and I appreciate the watchfulness, and I appreciate the care, and I appreciate the fact that sometimes people say, you know, man, it might not always be this way. You know why? Because we need to keep the attitude that it might not always be that way. But let's stay diligent, amen? amen. Let's be on guard. Uh, let's, uh, let's make sure that we're not letting... These little factions and things arise and, 
And, and one of the big things is, is making sure that, that we're not allowing those things to go in our life. And so, yeah. um, so those are uh, some of the little points that we have about unity, walking in unity, our walk with Christ. Um, and so the idea is us walking together. Amen. We're not walking in shadows. We're not walking trying to cover anything up. We're walking together. We're encouraging each other. Uh, we're, we're, when I'm weak, I need your help. And when you're weak, I need your help. Um, and when you're weak, I need my help. Uh, uh, I think I was really emphasizing my weakness there, but we help one another out, right? Uh, we're not putting on. We're just uh, being who we are, uh, not everybody has to have my personality, thank God. Uh, that would be annoying. Uh, I was letting one, waiting for some of y'all to say amen. Uh, but, uh, but I mean, you know, we, we all, we just, just be who you are, amen? Uh, and I tell you, that's, that's the way to be. All right.